It's Tuesday, August 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Taylor, good to see you. You too, buddy. Oh, you got that summer beard going. I do. I had to trim it. Oh, sweating too much. That's a that's a darn shame. Uh, I'm keeping mine. And yes, you are. Just sweating the heck that out of it. The chin game is strong. The chin, I'm trying to point the chin. It <laughs> helps offset how rotund my head is. Uh, so it's better for everybody that way. Let's talk about something else now. Okay, please. <laughs> Let's talk about earnings. Uh, we've got plenty of earnings news coming in from Cognex and SodaStream. Uh, but let's begin with Texas Roadhouse, which is a restaurant chain I've never had the pleasure of visiting. Have you ever been to a Texas Roadhouse? It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, did not you... not any not on anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Just uh, mm-hmm. haven't seen one in this area. I was gonna say not many in the DMV yeah. uh, area. I, North Carolina has its fair share, so that's where I that's where I've eaten there. Okay, did you enjoy ago. it? It was good. All right. Yeah, I mean peanuts. <laughs> well, it seems like others have enjoyed their experiences there as well. Uh, during this past quarter, which uh, Texas Roadhouse just announced, uh, they had revenue come in at $508 million. That's up 12% from the same period last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the company's 26th consecutive quarter of growth, which I was pretty impressed to hear about. Uh, Taylor, tell us a little bit about this quarter. Yeah, so, um, well, in the face of a couple pretty shocking downgrades of the entire restaurant sector, mm-hmm. um, most notably from Stifle Necklace uh, last week, I believe, basically calling for a recession in the United States in the next nine months, with the restaurant sector being a leading indicator. But if you look at this, profits were up 57%, uh, same source sales, beat estimates, uh, growth year over year, and um, revenues came in just shy of expectations. But um, the margins due to lowering protein costs. You had seen protein prices rise pretty dramatically from 2010 until late 2014, but um, the last year or so, you've seen them. You've seen them normalize a little bit. So restaurants are taking advantage of that, especially protein-heavy restaurants like a steakhouse, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. That's right. And you started by talking about the macro factors affecting Texas Roadhouse and the restaurant industry yeah. as a whole. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. You're right. I think we we kind of read the same research. I read about mm-hmm. the downgrades and everything. Um, and you know, it's the same story we've been hearing for years about how millennials hate you know traditional. Right, yeah. uh, they want fast casual now. And as you said, you know, the cost of food uh, had been rising for a long. Time now, it seems almost like a, a reversal of those trends. Not necessarily that you know millennials are going to start going to Texas Roadhouse right. instead of Chipotle, but you know maybe things like the problems at Chipotle are leading to more folks checking out Texas Roadhouse, which by all standards is very you know kind of an old school restaurant. Idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the whole chain mentality. Um, you see a lot of like you said, millennials kind of kind of shunning that a little bit. But uh, um, you know, when you look at this company. It's doing something that a lot of companies reporting so far haven't done. Hmm. Starbucks issued pretty weak guidance for the rest of the year. McDonald's fell short of expectations. Um, we'll see a very protein-heavy restaurant in, in Chewy's report at the end of the day, so maybe that'll be a nice comparison there, as that has been a, a pretty quickly growing restaurant, chain restaurant, come in, sit down style. It's not the fast casual like a Chipotle. So, if if they you know sell off a little bit um, because of weak earnings. Maybe Texas Roadhouse is doing something right. We had their director of IR and their PR director in the office last month talking to us, um, 
showering us with peanuts around the office. Um, very friendly people. They talked a lot about the culture, and I think that, that might have something to do with the continued success. I think you mentioned what twenty six straight quarters, yeah, uh, yeah. of growing of growing sales. So um, it's a company that seems to be doing things right internally and externally. Right, and yet the sell off today, uh, yeah, down I, a little bit. I think because the company has been on a very very strong run um, over the last year, even a couple years. Um, so I think maybe just a little bit of a sell-off, um, not necessarily because it deserved it, but maybe just the shares had gotten a little bit out ahead of themselves, and, sure. and it's correcting just a little bit. But the results don't speak to the type of sell-off that it's having. Okay, uh, let's keep the earnings news rolling with Cognex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company reported uh, earnings per share of forty-nine cents, revenues of one hundred forty-seven million plus, uh, well above analyst expectations. Again, another great earnings quarter for Cognex. Yeah, this company um, has really blown the doors off this year. It's up over 70% year to date. Um, we've recommended it in January in Stock Advisor Canada on the US side of our scorecard. So we've been some beneficiaries of the run. Hmm. Uh, machine vision technology, you just have to imagine that as things continue to automate, especially in the manufacturing industry, this company is going to be the company that folks turn to to identify. The bits and pieces that are flowing through an assembly line as they're constructed into the entire product, um, and then even once they're constructed, put in the packages, they're still being sorted with Cognex technology. Um, and again, we had Rob Willett, the CEO of this company, speak at what was it, the Motley Fool One event that you we had here it? earlier this summer. So uh, again, great culture. Uh, Cognoids is what they're called there. Um, it's just a, a serial entrepreneurial entrepreneurial company, and. Um, I think that that is why you see it succeeding like it has over the last couple of years. Yeah, you're right. It's been succeeding. It's been great, but you don't really hear about a company like Cognex. In no, the media. it's not one of those sexy tech companies, you know, that that everyone wants to get a part of. And yet, as you said, you know, from start to finish, for a lot of manufacturing lines, they're going to be using Cognex technology. But again, not very, you know, not a lot of fun to talk about when their biggest avenue of future growth, uh, one of the areas that they're looking to grow in, uh, is barcode scanning at airports. Yes, which so if you think exciting. about it, you know, you scan. A couple dozen barcodes as you go through an airport. There are a lot of scanners at an airport. It's probably a multi-billion-dollar business, but you don't really think about it. Yet Cognex does, uh, and they've been knocking it out of the park recently. Yeah, if your bag actually makes it to your final destination, chances are Cognex had something to do with that. So, uh, yeah, you know about the apples, you know about the the airlines, um, but these are the companies. Unlike consumers. These companies are spending billions of dollars, mm-hmm. and and they're handing it right to Cognex to to retrofit their manufacturing facilities and prepare them for the future. Now, shares of Cognex are up fifty three percent year to date, yeah, uh, which is pretty pretty hefty. Uh, the question when you hear a run like that is, can it continue? Uh, do you see you know another fifty three percent at the end of this year? Uh, we're only about halfway through the year uh, so far, a little bit over that, uh, or is Cognex going to slow down? What's in the future? Long term, I love this company. Um, maybe in the next six months, it might not replicate the success that it's had in the market. Mm-hmm. I, I expect it to recreate the success it's had um, operationally. Maybe the stock doesn't do quite as well, but um, if you give this stock another year to five years, absolutely, I think it outperforms the market um, even after you've seen the run up. Because prior to this, it's been on my watch list since uh, since about June of 2015, hmm. and between then and the day we wrecked it in Stock Advisor Canada, it was down 40% on my watch list. Since we wrecked it, it's up 70%. So um, I think that that has provided a little bit of momentum in, in terms of the sell off. And so I would be a little hesitant to expect 50% the rest of the year. But 
five years from now, I expect it to be a big winner. Okay. Uh, and speaking of big winners, probably the biggest in earnings news today was SodaStream. And I hope you hear the disbelief <laughs> in my voice when I say SodaStream knocked it out of the park uh, with earnings this quarter. Uh, 37 cents uh, earnings per share on revenue of $119 million. Uh, same quarter last year, it was earning $0.05 cents a yes. share. What is going on with SodaStream? That's the stock that's been a bit of a swing and miss here at The Motley Fool. Um, But lately, uh, especially since June, when Keurig announced that it was removing itself from the uh, the carbonated in-home carbonation business, Mm -hmm. um, once backed by Coca-Cola in that venture, and um, for the the reason they stated, basically, they had a poor rollout of their own product, so they're like, all right, we're going to scrap it. So it wasn't necessarily that they didn't believe in the industry. So SodaStream taking advantage of less competition now. Also rebranding as a sparkling water maker right. rather than a soda maker, as the name would imply, uh, and and I think that they're giving a lot of praise to the rebrand for what's happening here. But I still think that a big portion of that has to do with a missing competitor, right? Sure. Keurig and Coca Cola <laughs> are no longer competing with you, um, and so while the rebranding I do think helps, I mean, phrasing it as a healthier company, mm. I, I I still think that they're not giving enough due to the comp- the lack of competition now. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Uh, and and I especially like seeing the numbers uh, coming in from the different segments geographically. Uh, their biggest uh, markets are the Americas and Western Europe, mm-hmm. and respectively, revenues there were up twelve percent and fourteen percent. You look at Asia Pacific revenues there up forty four percent, and Europe or excuse me, Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa revenues were up. Thirty-two percent. I hear you. Where's that growth coming from? Uh, well, those are just the smaller markets. So I think you have a, lo- a lower base to work with. Um, but you, they launched a, a beer maker mm-hmm. in Germany and Switzerland. So maybe there's something coming. From. I'm a little bit dubious on whether or not that's going to succeed. Especially you launch in two markets that love good local beer. Sure. So I'm very interested to see how that works. Um, and then the Americas. A market that they're trying to push into, Western Europe, is where they make um, the majority of their money. West, and then the America is falling in second place. Um, but they've had a tough time growing in the United States. So to see that up double-digit percentage points is a bit encouraging. Um, and they had they sold a record amount of carbonator refills, which is the breadwinner here for this company. They sold around 630,000 units, mm-hmm. but then those refill cartridges is what really drives the sales. Sure, yeah. sure. And uh, the, clearly, it's working. SodaStream shares are up 75% year-to-date. Uh, again, same sort of question with Cognex. I guess, is it too late to buy into this turnaround effort at SodaStream? Uh, up 75%. Uh, where can it go from here? Personally, I would be a bit hesitant. Um, I could see one miss next quarter or any kind of sour news coming out of this company could drive shares back down because it's at like a two-year high right now. Right. Still way, way off of what it used to be. Um, so I would be a little bit hesitant. Codnex has been succeeding uh, outside of that little blip I mentioned in 2015. So maybe they're just recovering a little bit. With this, I think people might have gotten out ahead of themselves. Who knows if there was some short, some uh, short selling mm-hmm. that they needed to cover? Um, so personally, I would be a bit hesitant. Makes sense. All right, uh, we were going to talk about what each of us is looking forward to in the next couple of weeks. You know, we got <laughs> earnings news. You know, summer is wrapping up. Olympics are starting. I'm not looking forward to summer wrapping up. Why not? Oh, come on, man! You got you got to rock that summer beard straight through fall. Uh, it's it's just it's a fantastic. Yeah, you got to right. keep on growing it out. Uh, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad, but then I think we both got distracted by the news that Corey Belmore 
a 21-year-old Canadian just set his second New World record for beer miles. Did he have? Was his first in the beer mile? He was first in oh, beer so mile. Oh, he beat his own record. He okay. beat his own record four days later, <laughs> uh, which is impressive. For those of you, not out there, letting the hangover impact him. <laughs> absolutely at not. All. No, no, no. He ran it off. He sweated out. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a beer mile is. Well, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Uh, you have to run a mile and drink four beers during that point. So the idea is you run a quarter mile, you shotgun a beer, run a quarter mile, shotgun a beer. Uh, Corey here uh, set the world record at a beer mile of four minutes, 34 seconds, which is impressive just for a regular mile. Or shotgunning, or four, shotgunning beers. four beers. <laughs> and the fact that he did it both. Why is this not an Olympic sport? Olympics are right around the corner. Yeah, I think the Olympics could use all the help it could get, and this would be that kind of boost, I think. You get a bunch of 21-year-olds running around. I don't know the legal drinking age in, in Brazil, so maybe you get some 18-year-olds running sure. around out there. Four and a half minute mile. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, congratulations to Corey Belmore. We need to find the video of this. Uh, there, there is. A, it's, it's online. Okay. Uh, just check it out. Google Lunch it. Lunchtime. I'm gonna be all over that. <laughs> Are you gonna start training for your own <laughs> yeah. beer mile now? If I can get a mile down in about 15 minutes, I'd be thrilled. Uh, all right, Taylor. It's the beard. It's all that drag. <laughs> it's the beard. You know, it's the drag, and it's the the beer gets soaked up in it, yeah. and then it just smells like beer for months afterwards. Taylor Muckerman, thank you for you being here. You got it. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reef. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.